Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money, money can't buy me This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here with Money, Riches, and Wealth. And it is Wednesday, November 23rd, the night before Thanksgiving. And I have to say that the night before Thanksgiving is always, always my favorite show of the year. It's the favorite show of the year. Why? Because we're talking about a subject that I believe is extremely important to everybody's personal finances, and that is the subject of charitable giving. And I believe that charitable giving is an important part of personal finances. And you might think that's contradictory. You know, the more money you give away, the less money you have. And that seems only logical. But I believe that life is like a river, and your personal finances are like a river, that what you get in needs to go out also, and it needs to be done wisely, and it needs to be done strategically, and that people that I've met in my 43-year uh, career now, yep, 1979, August 1979, 43-year career, is I have met people with astounding wealth, and yet the people that are philanthropic, they're most charitable, and they're strategic about their charitable giving. They don't just give for the sake of giving. They give strategically. They know why they're giving. They have a purpose that they're giving, and they give strategically. Um, those people are like that river that I talk about, you know, whereas I've met many people who don't like to give at all, and they're very wealthy, but they don't have that same joy and that same uh, sense of fulfillment that I find that people who are like a river, what comes in also goes out in uh, strategically. Um, so the, the purpose of the Thursday night show is to uh, highlight the concept of charitable giving. And we always bring a different guest on every uh, Thanksgiving uh, Eve and, and talk about the subject. And this year, we've got Greg Miller with us. Greg is the chief executive officer of of Penmar Human Services, and he's also the CEO of Penmar Foundation. And I'll let uh, Greg explain more about Penmar, but let's just get Greg on the line with us first. Greg, are you there? I am, Drew. Greg, it's great to have you. Thank you for coming on. As I say, this is my favorite show of the year. I love talking about being uh, charitably minded. Uh, do you find that also that people that uh, tend to be charitably minded tend to be happier, more fulfilled in life? Uh, I, I, I was so impressed with what you shared to start your program because uh, not only do I believe that, but I also, you know, I, my wife and I live that as well, you know, and resources that we have that we can share with others are always, you know, true blessings for us to be able to do that. And as I've worked in... Uh, you know, in the nonprofit world for many, many years, uh, you do see the joy and you see the satisfaction when folks strategically, I like the way you use that word, strategically invest in helping other people. It's not just about giving away money, but it's about making investments that truly impact people's lives. And so we get to see that a lot at Penmar, and I get to witness that yep. each day in my work. 
Yeah, I, I um, you know, our mission statement in our company is to help lessen the worry and burden of money management so you can focus on the real power of life relationships. And, uh, and charitable giving is a great way to build relationships and to experience the joy of the fruits that you've accumulated over your lifetime. And I found that people who do tend to be charitably minded um, just, uh, you know, they... They build greater and deeper relationships with those and, and experience the joy of seeing what's happened uh, to the, the, the finances that they've given away. So uh, that's our objective tonight to talk about, Greg. We've got a big, <laughs> got a big uh, objective tonight. So your, your mission statement is pretty cool, too. Um, I'll read it. Penmar Human Services mission is to support people with intellectual and developmental disabilities live courageous lives full of self-determination, independence, and equity. I mean, that, that, that is a giant order that you have there in a the mission. So, Well, yeah, Drew, it is a, it is a, a giant order, but it also is uh, a reflection of what we believe about each person that we touch each day and the supports that we provide. Because people with disabilities historically have many times been excluded from, you know, from some of the mainstream things that have been going on both in our society but also, you know, in, uh, in our daily communities. And so, you know, what we find at Penmore is we have the opportunity to really come alongside people with disabilities and help them uh, decide what they want for their lives and not have us tell them what they should want, but help them experience, you know, a, a myriad of different opportunities to really see what energizes them the same way that, you know, each of our listeners tonight is energized by, by, by certain things. People with disabilities are no different. The only difference historically sometimes has been those opportunities. And so we are, you know, we're uh, excited to be in that work each day and to really see the impact of our work and the in the quality of, uh, of of you know the life that people are living, right? You know, um, you know. So to, so often people want to discard people with disabilities and not understand that embracing them is uh, is one of the greatest gifts you'll ever have. I read a, a, a journal every morning. It's called 1440, and the reason I love it is because it gives you just the plain facts of news stories, but then it gives you human interest stories. And it talked about one just recently at a high school here in the south somewhere, and uh, this kid was with disabilities was like the uh, part of the football team, and, um, um, you know, and he was always there. He was always encouraging, you know, and the, the team really uh, supported him and stood behind him. And on the night of the, uh, you know, crowning the king and queen of the homecoming, uh, the king, the guy, the quarterback, actually, decided to give the king's crown to this kid and, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. And, and they just embraced it, you know. And, uh, you know, that's what you guys are doing. You're embracing it and saying there's meaning to these lives. And I just want to honor you for that. And that's what we want to talk about all tonight. So give well, me a second, yeah, Greg. Thank you. Thank <laughs> well, you, you got to give me a second because we have to take a pause. And I'm going to let you come back and say whatever you want to share with that. I'll be right back. Money, riches, and wealth. 
This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. It should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. Um, I'm here with Greg Miller, the Chief Executive Officer of Penmar Human Services. And, Greg, I set you up there at the end of that last uh, segment. So uh, tell us more about Penmar and all the cool things you guys are doing. Oh, thanks, Drew. So I, I really, uh, again, appreciated you sharing that, that story because um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's interesting. I've been working in the, in the field uh, of disability for for over 35 years, and it's, it's been an interesting evolution from, um, you know, from uh, early early in my career where it, the, the focus was on getting people out of segregated sesh, uh, settings, you know, whether that was you know, state institutions, things like that, that, uh, you know, the word integration was a big word that had been used for many, many years, and then the story that you just shared really showed what the next step in that evolution has been, which is really where people with disabilities aren't just in the community or not just part of something, but they actually belong. Right. And, and that's really the kind of where you come full circle. And <clears throat> so in our supports each day, and we work with we work with hundreds of people on a daily basis uh, throughout the greater Baltimore area and even up into Pennsylvania. And, you know, our mission is just to support them in that journey of, of kind of finding their place uh, in, in this world and making sure that we help advance opportunities uh, for people to make choices about how they can really, you know, set the course and the direction for their lives. So we do a lot of uh, support with people in um, uh, in seeking employment, do a lot of supports during the day for families that still have adult children in their homes. And then, of course, we have a large residential component where people live uh, with with support from our team members in local communities in, uh, you know, just, Local neighborhoods, three or four people in a in a home, and um, and lots of variations to that. We're a rather large organization, but each day we're guided by that principle of just helping people take that next step, and uh, you know, uh, doing what we can to help them in that journey. Yeah, there are plenty of people with severe disabilities that uh, are never going to be able to work or function in the daily work environment. But the majority of intellectual and developmental disabilities are high-functioning, and they can do work, and uh, you see it all the time. And 
you know, there are plenty of companies that are eager to hire them because they have uh, jobs that are perfect for their situation, and it's a win-win to both of them. Well, and one of the things that we found, Drew, is that sometimes you know, we, we help companies uh, actually think a little bit outside of their traditional box as well because um, many, of the, many of the people that we support in employment and we work with folks that are, you know, significantly impaired to people that have, you know, just, just minor impairments. But um, so many of the folks that, that we support are really good at some of the things that some of the, you know, team members for a local business really aren't that interested in doing. And so what we do, uh, which is kind of unique in, in our approach, is we become a student of, of the business. And then we help either the, you know, HR department or the business owner, depending on their situation, to really figure out where value could be added to the business. Because what we have found is that, you know, um, it's nice that certain people want to do good things, right? So you want to employ somebody with a disability, that's terrific. But over, over time, success is that person really bringing value to your business. So they're not just there, like Ed said earlier, because they have a disability. They're there because they're contributing to your bottom line. They're there because they're helping your workplace culture evolve in a way that is very, very positive. They're there using, you know, the skills and talents they have, just like all of us each day when we go to work, to improve the businesses that we work for. And uh, we've seen a lot of success with that. It's, it's, it's been, been quite, a, quite an educational process through the years to really understand how to best utilize the skills and talents that people with disabilities bring to the marketplace each day. Yeah, and it's uh, it's important to understand that just because a person has intellectual and developmental disabilities doesn't mean they can't do a fairly highly skilled job, too, because their disabilities may actually make them more uh, able to do some software things that other people can't do because they they enjoy the repetition of things and so forth. And, and I've, I've read stories about this where, you know, people with um, high-functioning disabilities, but they're extremely talented at certain high-level skilled jobs. Uh, couldn't, couldn't agree more, and, you know, we should do a whole program on that one day because I can tell <laughs> you story after story of people that we support that um, – you know, they go in. They, you know, they may just get their foot in the door, but over time, as they as they grow with the business, the business owners and and business owners are our greatest advocates because they're the ones that can share the successes peer to peer with other business owners. And so, when people talk to me about, well, how's this going to work? You know, we'll say, well, you know, let's hook you up with a couple of business owners that we've worked with through the years, and they can help share how there's actually been transformation in their business. But your point is a valid point that, you know, all of us, all of us have certain things that, that, that we really enjoy doing. And I'm sure you, like me, have things that you really don't want to do. And those things are things that other people love to do. So, you know, why rob them of that opportunity of doing what really, really is important to them? And when you can create the, when you can create the right job match, for the person, everybody um, comes out a winner. Yeah, absolutely. And, 
And Penmar has been doing this with people in what are some of the companies that you have been working with over the, you know, last whatever. It's what you've been around since. I mean, let's go to that history. You were, you were formed in like 1981 by 12 families with $2,000. And here you are today, um, you know, with a budget of like $40 million. Yeah, so, so in, the, in the late 70s, a group of families whose kids were in school and they were exiting school, and there really was nothing for them at that time, no formal programs. Uh, they just started pooling some of their resources. Uh, Penmar was incorporated in 1981, um, and so we, you know, we've, we've celebrated our 40th anniversary not that long ago, and we've just continued to grow with the community um, our, our, our board of directors has always been relatively ambitious, as, as has been our leadership. And we've never really targeted a certain size. What we've targeted is wanting to be that provider that meets the needs uh, of people in our community as, as they exit school, as they, you know, other opportunities come available. So that most of our growth has been very organic that way and just responding to the needs of people in our community. But we have a we have a long history. We began supported work back in the late 1980s, um, and we've worked you know we've worked for many many companies through the years. Have long standing relationship. Uh, Bank of America is an organization that um, we have we have somebody working down there that's been there almost 25 years. Um, really, just about any uh, you know any enterprise you can think of, we've got somebody working in that in that space. And so, you know, um, it's it's been it's been a it's been a great journey, and it's really been success because work is so much more than a paycheck, as I'm sure your listeners can attest to. And work is where you make friends. Work is where some of your social outlets occur. Your life really is often transformed by your work experience. And for people with disabilities who have historically been somewhat isolated, work just opens up a whole new world uh, of opportunity, of friendships, of, you know, of long-term relationships. Even people that have lost their jobs or moved on to other jobs maintain those friendships just like many of us do through the workplace experience. Yeah, I had a client that uh, his son was uh, deaf, and he took a job at uh, 7-Eleven and had been there for like 20 years. And um, and uh, during that period of time, he became a loved member of the the owner of the Seven Eleven and all the people that came there. And uh, when he had to leave, I mean, the owner was just incredibly upset that he was going to yeah. have to leave because he just he you know he was getting older and he just couldn't continue. And uh, it's just amazing how um, how you know they become you know. What's the word for it? You know, uh, together with the business. There's a word I'm looking for. I can't grab it right now. But uh, yeah, they're just contributors like everybody else. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have done a tremendous job with that. So um, I'm I got a hard stop right now at six twenty nine. I'm getting close to six twenty nine. I don't know how close I am to six twenty nine because I don't have an actual clock that's ticking seconds here in front of me. But uh, I'm getting real close to six twenty nine. So Greg, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about um, you know what are the other things like uh, you know home. 
you know, living arrangements for people and how you guys provide living arrangements and so forth for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And that's a big part of it. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. back money riches and wealth and i'm here with greg miller he's the ceo of penmar human services and uh, penmar has a company that's objective is to help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and there's numerous services that they provide uh, in that regard uh, helping families but the one i wanted to talk to greg about this time is uh housing and uh, helping people um with uh, disabilities uh, find housing because you know, Greg, parents with developmentally disabled children really feel that the child is best to stay with them no matter how old they are. And I don't necessarily agree with that, um, but that's the way most parents think. And your company develops group homes that they live together and work together in providing a home for themselves. And it's such a better environment for both the parents and the child. Um, I don't understand why most people don't catch the logic behind that. Yeah, so it's interesting, Drew. One of the things that I'm, I'm very careful about is ever trying to tell a family what's best for them. <laughs> so, so I understand. The had, yes, so through the years I've had many, many conversations on this topic. And many of those conversations have gone in different directions. So, um, you know, there are there are families that, um, you know, they feel they feel uh, the inherent responsibility of taking care of their child, sometimes regardless how old that child is. And the reality is is that most of the people that we support uh, with disabilities are going to be around longer than their parents are around, and so. There, there's many factors at play in, in making that decision as to when is the right time for somebody to kind of go out uh, and be supported in a, you know, in a, in a non-traditional way compared to just staying at home with mom and dad. Um, and and we have we have seen that happen in a variety of, of different ways. You know, there there are some some kids they turn 22 and they're ready to go out on their own. And you know, we support people like that. Um, we support some folks in less restrictive settings where they're able to do many, many things on their own, and they may just need a little bit of support from us. And in our, in our residential services that we provide, we, we work with that entire spectrum of people all the way up to people that oh, they need 24-hour-a-day nursing support. So in that wide range of supports that we provide, the goal is still to allow each person as best they can with the supports they have to have as much control as possible over their lives. And we have found that, that, that many families come to the conclusion at some point in that, that, in that journey that, you know, it, it's time for my son or my daughter to kind of go out on their own and start to develop more of their own life, not just the same life they've had at home with mom and dad since the day that they were born. And when that happens and families are supportive, then the chances of people having a great experience are even higher 
because then mom and dad are there to support them when they make that move. For families that, you know, unfortunately sometimes hold on to the, to the very bitter end and then there's a tragedy in the family, then you have the trauma of losing a parent and, and maybe moving into a different home situation and now mom or dad or mom and dad are not there to support you in that transition. So that, that's more difficult as well. But, um, but we provide, you know, in our supports, we provide, we have 56 uh, homes that we operate uh, in local communities. And like I said, some high levels of support, some moderate levels of support, some, uh, you know, more, just more, you know, drop-in people. We support people that want to get their own apartments and we can help them with that. Just, just kind of that whole wide range of opportunities that best fit the life of the person. Sure, and so you not only do group homes, but, you know, maybe the parents and the child have enough money that they can have their own home, and you'll support that child in their own home by themselves, right? We've done situations like that, or, you know, maybe maybe with a roommate. Um, right. It doesn't have to be, you know, there's no, there's no magic number that, that, that's best. It really is what works, works best for, for each person, so... You know, many of our many of the homes that we operate have three people or four people living in it. But right. we work with folks that just maybe have a roommate, and some folks that want to be on their own or in their own apartment. We will do that as well. You know, I compare this a lot, Greg, to the concept of people who uh, elderly people who say, "I'm going to live in my house until the day I die." And they're going to stay in this individual house in an individual community until the day they die. And, you know, and the concept sounds wonderful, um, but practicality speaking, logically speaking, it's totally impractical. It doesn't work very well. You better have a far greater strategy laid out than that. And uh, you, you said it yourself just a second ago that I find that when you realize that I cannot be there for the rest of this person's life and yeah. I have to have a strategy so that we don't end up in that disaster where all of a sudden, you know, the parents become disabled or die and now all of a sudden the the uh, disaba- disabled person is now dealing in an incredible social and financial and economic trauma all at the same time. And that's where good relationships are so important, to be able to have honest conversations with families. And sometimes in my role at times, I have some of those conversations where, you know, um, we're, we're really talking about reality and what the future reality could look like. Because like you said, you know, very few of us, very few of us are going to exit this world just the way we think we want to. <laughs> you know, life throws so many other things at us. And to not be prepared for somebody that you love um, does them a great disservice. And so sometimes those conversations are a little bit uncomfortable, but they generally yield just really, really good results because sometimes you have to divorce a little bit of the emotion out of that equation and just talk about, well, what you know, what's this going to look like if this happens or if that happens? And so, you know, our, our goal in our organization is to support both the family as well as the person through those transitions. And when we can do that together, it's always in the best interest of the person with a disability um, who, who, you know, wins on the, on the other side 
of that. So. Yeah, I, and I find that you know that that social interaction with people similar, people of similar age and so forth, is also extremely important in people's lives. And if you're always just with the same, you know, parents at you know or older, et cetera, et cetera, it it actually can stymie your life to some degree. Well, absolutely, and you know, most of us have transitioned away from our moms and our our dads whether it's, you know, when we're finished with school, whether it's college, as we get married, all, all of those different life experiences, and yet somehow we feel like people with disabilities should fit in a different box, and, you know, that should just be okay just to stay in whatever situation they're in. And, and, and I'll tell you, Drew, I, I have seen some families that have made it work exceptionally well because they're able to utilize other resources to support the family. But, sure. but many times, it's really just a matter of confronting the reality that, you know, a lot of the folks, a lot of the folks that we support who still have family that are involved in their lives, they'll go home, they'll spend time with their families, like we have folks that will be going home with their families for Thanksgiving, but then they will say to their mom and dad, it's time for me to go home. And home <laughs> is no longer where mom and dad is. Right. Home is where they, they have planted themselves and where their roots are. Yeah. We heard about uh, Penmar through clients of ours who have a disabled daughter who's now in almost 50-some years old. And um, it was one of the greatest things that happened to the daughter and to the parents to be free mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to express their lives as they were intended to do. And the daughter is incredibly ecstatic, uh, you know, being able to interact with people her own age and, and so forth and feel that she has her own life. It's a right. it's an incredible, but yet family's still there. Family, mm-hmm. uh, her sister is still nearby and getting together with her frequently, and her parents get together with her frequently. And, I mean, it's not like family's over in any way, shape, right. or form. Right. But she has, a, she has her own life now, and she's ecstatic about it. You know? Absolutely. So I really appreciate all you've done for them and uh, introducing us to Penmar because we, anytime we have a client with uh, disabilities, we always talk about Penmar and what they can do to help those clients in, in their situation and so forth. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, Greg, I want to talk about how people who are listening out there can support Penmar because, you know, what you guys are doing is incredibly beneficial to the community as a whole. And the thing I like about Penmar is that when you contribute to Penmar, it's not like contributing to the American Heart Association or United Way. You actually get to feel and know that you're making an impact with the money that you give to an organization like yours. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're big on helping people understand what the investment is as opposed to just what the gift is. Right. And, and, how, and how it actually affects somebody's life. Right. And, and uh, you know, I always say if I can get folks to come and see what we do, almost all of the time they want to be a part of that. Right. Because it's something that all of us, I mean, you know, why, why would we not want to be part of helping somebody uh, achieve, you know, achieve their dreams and knowing that you can be a, you can be a part of that. So I'd yeah. love to talk more about that. All right, that's what we're going to do in the last quarter hour. 
This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. It should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. All right, we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. I'm here with uh, Greg Miller, the CEO of Penmar Human Services and uh, the pet CEO of also Penmar Foundation. And we want to talk about the, uh, the, the way to give to Penmar, the way to participate, volunteer, whether you have money or you just want to spend time helping, um, there's plenty of opportunity. And, Greg, you guys are announced your $7.5 million Building Bold Futures campaign. Um, and you're already up to about 80-some, maybe even 90% uh, funded, but there's still plenty of room for people who want to participate. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Yeah, so about, about two years ago, just when things were getting really, really crazy with COVID, um, we had a conversation. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, a woman that works with Penmark, or Kathy Rogers, who's the executive director of our foundation. And she and I started talking about um, uh, the potential of running uh, a campaign. And a lot of people thought we were crazy, and we probably were a little bit, uh, given what was going on. But uh, you know, COVID had had kind of, uh, for, for me, cemented in my mind just the incredible importance of Penmar being uh, around, not just for the people that we support today, but for the people with disabilities who may have been born today. And right. 18, 21 years from now are going to need an organization like Penmar to really uh, uh, you know, help them achieve all that they want out of life. So we, we talked about our campaign um, not specifically being around uh, a, a place, like many capital campaigns, you're raising money for a building or, or something like that, but we looked at the viability of how we would secure our future, and there were really four elements to our campaign that were vital to Penmar. Uh, one of those elements is the, the, the renovation of one of our facilities, but and in our organization, the most important resource that we have is our team. And, um, you know, the mission, while our, our mission is, you know, is a bold mission, it cannot be accomplished without great people coming to work each day and working directly with the people that we support. So a big portion of our campaign is around how we help our team to continue to grow professionally, how we help them to become uh, credentialed as a profession, uh, with the, the, the people that work directly with people with disabilities that we support. And then one of the things that has evolved for uh, in the disability community over the last several years is 
is this movement away from uh, segregated settings, you know, from like we, we the, the old sheltered workshop days are over. You know, we're now trying to make sure that the supports that we provide are taking place in the community. And so um, uh, part of that, that transition is helping people to be out. You know, how do you get people out? you, you got to have vehicles to do that. You have to have team members to do that. And while I have always been very appreciative of the funding that we get, because we're, we get a combination of federal and state funding, um, government is, I, I've never looked at government as the problem, and I've never looked at government as the answer. I've always looked at government as one of our partners. And so uh, they are a big partner for Penmar. But to do what we want to do in terms of true transformation in people's lives requires more than what we get uh, in terms of our, our, our funding from the government. So what we can control is how we go out to the marketplace and try to, um, you know, to raise our own capital to ensure that we have the resources to do what we do each day. So Building Bold Futures campaign was launched publicly about six weeks ago, I believe. Um, we're at 90% of our goal. Our goal is $7.5 million, and we're at about 68 and we anticipate wanting to bring our campaign, you know, to a, to a close and meeting that goal um, by the end of March of 2023. Wow, that's fantastic! You know, um, so you know, you you uh, use the money not only to help educate and and train, but you you buy the properties too that some of the group homes that you uh, own or that the people live in, correct? That's correct. We we own all of our properties, yes. Yeah, so, you know, that's not inexpensive. You've got to pay property taxes and upkeep and so forth. You've got to buy the home, you know, you know, and so forth. So, And it's an incredible service to the community as a whole. Yeah, so there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of costs, obviously, in all of the different components of what we do. But, again, our investment in our team, you know, about 80% of our budget, it goes out to our team members because we are a labor-intensive, you know, organization. Uh, supports for people with disabilities don't happen unless there's a person there to help support them. And while we do uh, attempt to innovate as much as possible and use technology as much as possible, nothing is kind of interesting. We've come full circle to how you started this show. Nothing matters more than relationships. You know, right. we are in a relationship business. And uh, while while we would like to be a, a great world if there wasn't a cost to that, there there is a cost to that. Just in terms of practicality of how those relationships need to be resourced to really get the results that that people with disabilities deserve in their lives. So that's a that's a big part of what this campaign is is all about. Again, securing the future. It was a, it is a you know we we've called it building. Bold futures, and it's not just the future of Penmar. Penmar really is nothing without the people of Penmar. Right. It's the future of each individual that is supported through our organization that we're trying to secure. And so we are very uh, thankful for the partnerships that we have with, with donors, with families, with business. Our board has been amazing in terms of the impact that they've had in helping us to raise dollars for this campaign. Your website is pen p e n n dash mar m a r dot org, right? That is correct. 
pen-mar.org, and there's a big red button on there that says Donate. If you want to give anything you give, if you give $10 or $100, it's uh, it's all helps. And, um, you know, they're appreciative for anything they get. There, there are other ways to give. Is that the uh, per- predominant way that you get gifts is through the website? Well, I'm, I, uh, not, I wouldn't say predominantly. I mean, I, I would say predominantly it's through the relationships that we've built. But I'm sure on your show you talk about many creative ways for people to give resources, you know, in this campaign with the numbers that we're talking about in this campaign, and, and personally for my wife and I, you know, appreciated stock is a great way sure. to, uh, to make a transformational gift that benefits both the giver and the person that is is, is, is uh, receiving the gift, and, yep. and, and lots of different, you know, ways to go about that. Yeah, Mike I and I are going to do a whole. I encourage your listeners; they can they can learn a lot more about Penmar at our website, and my contact information is on there, and they can get a hold of me at any time. Right, Mike and I are going to do. Mike, uh, my colleague at the Financial Consulate, Mike McCarthy, and I are going to do a webinar on all the unique ways that you can give enhanced the giving to uh, charitable organizations and. Uh, Talk about those things like appreciated stock and qualified uh, distributions from IRAs and uh, charitable remainder trust and unit trust and all these kind of cool things um, that people need to learn about. If you want to be charitably inclined, you need to learn how to do it properly. So anyway, um, we're coming to the end of the show, and I just wanted to say, Greg, that, uh, you know, I read your your resume, and your resume is pretty amazing, and uh, I'm sure you could make a lot more money if you took a job in a for-profit industry with the amazing uh, resume that you have and the skills and the talent that you have. You've been asked to go to Brazil uh, numerous times to teach on leadership and... uh, you know, so I just wanted to honor you for your dedication to this passion in Penmar. Well, I appreciate that, I, and I thank you for that. Penmar is my home, you know, and I feel like I, I feel like I kind of grew up there. And uh, you know, as, as as I got better at what I was doing, I think our organization has gotten better at what we are doing. And it's never been a job. Uh, it's it's, a, it's been a calling for me, one that I'm very proud of. It's been the honor of my life to lead that organization, and I know the best days of Penmar in the future. Yep. So on this eve of Thanksgiving, I just want to call on the father of all families to bless Penmar and to bless Greg and all the, the people of Penmar who are working diligently in there to bless them with fulfillment all their life, to always be satisfied with the economic finances they have, and to be overwhelmed with the joy of what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So I pray that for you tonight, uh, Greg, and your families on this Thanksgiving. And I appreciate your time tonight. Great. Thank you so much, Drew. It's been such an honor to be with you tonight. God bless you and your family as well. All right. Well, thank you, Greg. And this is Drew Tignanelli saying happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And may God bless you. Things are going to be much better.